0: welcome everybody to stories of Esses. i'm gabby
1: and i'm daniel welcome
0: welcome back everyone uh we are so happy to have you guys listening to this episode it's episode 13 hey let's go that's taylor swift's number ow. ow.
1: <laughs> i don't know what taylor swift obsession is here but
0: you should know you're my boyfriend you should know So, this week's episode um, is going to be in dedication to someone who just had an amazing birthday, the one, the only, Dolly Parton.
1: Happy birthday.
0: Happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, Danny, what do you know about Dolly Parton?
1: All my knowledge of Dolly Parton is originating from Gabby. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i know that she has some amazing country music and that you are a big fan i don't know if she is from tennessee but at least there is like dolly world which is in tennessee and that she like, is basically dollywood. yeah dollywood exactly and that she's basically cool with everybody
0: she is everybody loves dolly i love dolly and i'm so excited to bring this episode to you guys so let's get started. This week's resources are Country Music Hall of Fame.org, Biography.com, Wams.nyhistory.org, The New com, and a paper by Sison, uh, FL Sison, called Becoming Dolly Parton, A Case of Constructed Identity. Are you ready, Denny?
1: I'm ready. Let's do this.
0: Let's do this. Dolly Rebecca Parton, born on January 19, 1946, in Locust Ridge, Tennessee, was the fourth of 12 children in a large family that faced the challenges of making a living in Appalachia. In the tapestry of her early life, music played a crucial role. With her mother, a singer, imparting church melodies and Elizabethan Elizabethan ballads to young Dolly, the familial influence extended to her grandfather, a fiddling preacher whose composition, Singing His Praise, left an indelible mark in the cu- world of country music. Growing up in an environment she described as dirt poor, Dolly's early experiences deeply influenced her desire to escape and find expression through her music. The song, Coat of Many Colors, which is my favorite Dolly Parton song.
1: Favorite?
0: Fa- like It's like one of my top favorites. I can sing it in my sleep.
1: Like, legit. <laughs>
0: The song, "Code of Many Colors, vividly captured a poignant incident from her school days, narrating the humiliation she actually endured when classmates mocked her homemade patchwork quote. Despite her modest beginnings, her mother's intuition in naming her Dolly, anticipating a future star, set the stage for an extraordinary journey. As Dolly reflected herself, I guess my mama knew I was going to want to be a star. Her initiation into the world of music, came from her family, where she learned to sing and play the guitar. Even before learning to read, Dolly was crafting her own songs. At the age of 10, she embarked on her professional journey, making appearances on local television and radio shows in Knoxville, an hour away from her home. Her Grand Opry debut at 13, 1959, marked the beginning of her ascent in the country music scene. The critical support of her uncle Bill Owens played a pivotal role in these formative years. Dolly's move to Nashville in 1964, immediately after high school, signaled her commitment to pursuing a career in music. It was in Nashville that she met Carl Dean, her future husband, on her first day in town. Their love story unfolded against the backdrop of Carl's military service with Dolly making it clear that she wouldn't be confined to traditional gender roles upon marriage. Dolly's early recordings faced challenges, but she persevered, signing with monument records and challenging traditional female stereotypes with her first top 40 hit, Dumb Blonde. The turning point came in 1967 when she received a life-changing call to join the Porter Wagner Show, a syndicated television series. This collaboration marked the beginning of a fruitful partnership leading to the solo number one hits like Jolene, Love is Like a Butterfly and I Will Always Love You.
1: Uh-huh. So she did acting too? Or was it just her singing in the television show?
0: She did acting. Um, you know, she was in the movie 9 to 5. She was in Steel Magnolias. She's been on multiple episodes of Hannah Montana. Um, she's great. Like she's done it all. She really, really has. It's
1: amazing. I haven't watched any of those movies yet.
0: We will. Don't worry. That's a threat. <laughs> it's a promise. I mean, you've <laughs> liked all the movies I've shown you so far. I mean, guys, recently this past weekend, Danny saw for the first time she's the man with Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. And let me tell you he thought it was a hit these are the cult classics yeah
1: i I like the american classic movies like those like from the early 2000s like you know like american pie Mm -hmm. those were always my favorite ones
0: they're they're just so funny they're hilarious they're iconic they're that's why they're called cult classics
1: and the best thing is they have like guys play like those high school kids (laughs) that have to shave off their beard because they're already like (laughs) mid-twenties and they let them act as someone who's 16. I love that.
0: Yeah, same. (laughs) Um, The early to mid-1970s marked a pinnacle in Dolly's country music career, garnering her recognition as the Country Country Music Association's Female Vocalist of the Year in 1975 and 1976. Albums, like My Tennessee Mountain Home, showcased her candid reflections of life and the traditions of her upbringing. Dolly transitioned to Hollywood and crossover success with Here You Come Again demonstrated her versatility. While her country music career faced inconsistencies in the late 70s, Dolly's impact persisted through collaborations, philanthropy, and entrepreneurial ventures. In 1985, she co-founded Dollywood, a theme park in East Tennessee, and embarked on phil- philanthropic efforts through Dollywood Foundation and Imagination Library. Her business acumen extended to the establishment of Dolly Records in 2007. Dolly's return to bluegrass in the late 90s earned her critical acclaim and Grammy Awards. Beyond her artistic accomplishments, she received accolades such as the Living Legend Award from the Library of Con the National Medal of Arts, and the Kennedy Center Honors. Her commitment to philanthropy, particularly in literacy through Imagination Library, showcases her dedication to community development.
1: What's the Imagination Library? Is that some type of foundation?
0: So she um, buys books and she gives books to um, underserved like schools and programs for children to... Be Mm. able to have access to books and learn how to read. Nice. And I want to say that Dolly, if people don't know this, um, she wrote the song I Will Always Love You uh, and Whitney Houston covered it for the movie The Bodyguard and all those royalties went to Dolly Parton. Every time someone listens to Whitney Houston's cover of I Will Always Love You, those royalties go to Dolly Parton and Dolly... Um those royalties go back into black communities. That money she doesn't see it. She puts it back to the community, which is amazing.
1: That's cool. Who would have known?
0: Yeah. And Dolly's net worth is 650 million and it reflects her shrewd financial decisions, including ownership of her song catalog valued at around 150 million. So she owns all her songs. Mm -hmm. As a country music icon and actor, she continues to record and tour regularly, leaving a mark not only on the world of music, but also in entrepreneurship, philanthropy, and American culture heritage. I mean, that's like the short version of the amazing things that Dolly Parton has done.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, her career has been like really long, so she did a really good job and she's still keeping it up. I mean, she's born 1946?
0: Yep, she was born in 1946. Wow. And she's been, and like... she
1: started, like...
0: Young. With music, so she's been like, mu- she's,
1: 68 years ago. Yeah, that so really she's count. been,
0: like, doing music for a really long time. And, I mean, we just saw her perform for, like, the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody was like, oh, my God, Dolly has never looked better. And it's true. And this, like... A lot of who dolly parton is not only her musical um contributions her entrepreneurship contributions and so on a lot of it has to do with her image and that's like what she's known for like she's very hyper um feminine outwardly uh, and that's what we're talking about in the paper that i read um that i chose to discuss and um the paper we're discussing in this podcast The writer delves into the agency that Dolly Parton has claimed for herself, her persona, and the women who admire her. Contrary to being a passive character, Dolly strategically navigates her public image, akin to playing chess and explaining each move. Scholars like Judith Butler, Pamela Fox, and Pamela Wilson explore the intricate connection between Dolly Parton's performance and gender. Butler's feminist theory underscores the performative nature of gender, resonating with Parton's deviation from social norms to construct a unique identity. Fox explores how femininity-related factors contribute to the construction of the iconic Dolly persona, including the male gaze and beauty standards. Parton's impact on country music, analyzed by scholars like Michael Ann Williams, Larry Morrissey, and Tara Tuttle, emphasizes the intersection of appearance, gender, queer communities, and music in her multifaceted identity. Williams and Morrissey connect country music to tourism, emphasizing the pursuit of authentic experiences and themes of home and homesickness. Tuttle explores the impact of deviating form of deviating from sexual orientation norms on a country star's career, addressing authenticity, queerness, and spirituality. Parton's influence on the genre is evident in her strategic approach to maintaining a consistent brand image, blending appearance, and performance. Parton's fame is rooted in her songs. Her appearance undeniably plays a pivotal role in her success. Pamela Fox's exploration reveals that beauty products like wigs and makeup empower Parton, offering a sense of autonomy rather than victimization. Parton's deliberate construction of her persona challenges stereotypes as she openly embraces a quote-unquote trash aesthetic disrupting conventional norms As a woman and performer her multifaceted interpretation underscores intentional and empowering choices in crafting her public image The relationship between appearance and gender performance is evident in Parton's persona with her identification with femininity significantly influences her gender performance Likened to Monroe and Madonna for her manipulation of femininity, Parton's unique resonance connects authentically with her audience. Pamela Wilson distinguishes her from other stars, transforming her into a role model rather than a mere visual icon. The exploration of Parton's autobiography by Pamela Fox provides insights into the class and gender-coded notions shaping authenticity in country music, highlighting the challenges women face in the industry. Parton's public image, characterized by excessive womanliness, is meticulously crafted and strategically marketed. Her dolly facade is not just a projection, but a tool for reaching a broad audience, allowing different fan groups to interpret her image. Parton's self-awareness, viewing her public persona as a cartoon, allows her to live seamlessly as her persona while maintaining authenticity. Navigating the business world, Parton hit 9-5, to encapsulates the challenges faced by women, providing a commentary on societal expectations. In the country music scene, Parton defies prescribed categories, challenging stereotypes associated with virgin, matron, and whore classifications, which we not only see that in country music, but we see that in a lot of the same stories over and over and over again in -hmm. Mexico in you know, in Norway, people want to put women in one of three boxes. You're either a virgin, a mother or a whore. And that's not what women are. Women are so much more women are, so much more than that.
1: That's true. And I think she did a good job, or at least how it was described in the paper, or that the summary that you just uh, mentioned is that you need to be aware of like how you want to be perceived in the public, right? And how you are getting perceived from a business perspective to be popular does not necessarily have to reflect with your um, personal identity right, necessarily it's right it's like uh, you <clears throat> so you you go to your 9 to 5 or whatever other job you have and you have those people that are around you right and typically you wouldn't really want to work with them but somehow you have to get along with them so you mm-hmm. just put on the mask and like keep pretending because that's the way you get through it
0: right and so with like the a lot of struggles that women face on how they're perceived dolly's idea is like i'm gonna be perceived a certain way regardless right like i'm not free from being perceived a certain way just because i'm popular but it's like if i'm gonna be perceived anyway i'm gonna pick how they perceive me
1: Hmm. yeah and i mean it makes you even more powerful right because if you think like about a girl and you think oh she's popular she's a star she's a bimbo like she doesn't have any clue what she's doing and then she ends up you only are the person that's trying to negotiate with you, or trying to make like business with you. Is just known to the perception of the yeah. You're woman. you're yeah. You, you are, but then you end up. You not only working know with the perception. The, you don't yeah. know the
0: actual person, and yeah. that's what Dolly, hmm? in her persona, gets to do. So Dolly's persona projecting excessive womanliness has roots in her early experiences, where femininity was challenging to grasp, inspiring her unconventional approach to project a carefully crafted image. The discourse on the male gaze is a natural discussion point, revealing Parton's ability to exploit it for financial benefit, which is what we were talking about. She strategically subverts the male gaze, ensuring inclusivity and avoiding being the sole focus. Parton challenges conventional claims that motherhood is the only way to evade sexualization embracing a form of sexualized femininity beyond traditional norms. Wilson emphasizes that women, like Parton, have power in controlling their image, turning objectifications into agency. And if you didn't know, um, Dolly Parton was uh, diagnosed with uterine cancer in the 80s. What what cancer? Uterine cancer. So her uterus. And she had to get a hysterectomy. So she couldn't have kids and that was really hard on Dolly you know she got very depressed and she contemplated suicide even because um, that choice was just kind of taken away from her
1: yeah I mean, that's always really hard
0: mm-hmm. yeah and so I think that so many people are like you can only be a woman if you have kids you can like these are like certain boxes you have to pick if you want to be a woman or blah 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 and dolly parton is like well i don't have that so does that make me less of a woman it doesn't it like she is a woman period however that looks like that's womanly so in conclusion dolly parton's life career and persona are a complex interplay of intentional choices strategic marketing and the empowering navigation of societal expectations. From her impact on country music to challenging the male gaze, Parton emerges as a multifaceted figure, shaping her own narrative and leaving an indelible mark on various spheres. And that brings us to the end of our journey through the captivating life, a multifaceted persona of Dolly Parton from her humble beginnings in Appalachia to becoming a country music legend Dolly's story is a testament to resilience, creativity, and breaking through societal norms. I mean, she's, you know, she's got the big hair and the big makeup and the big boobs and, like, super curvy figure. But she is an incredible musician, an incredible lyricist. She's...
1: And a good business person, too.
0: A good business person, and above all, she's a good person. I agree. She always gives back to her community. She always gives back to the communities that have supported her, like the black community and the queer community um, and the, you know, Appalachia community in Tennessee. Uh, She she gives thanks to her thanks are due, right? Like she gives credit there. um, And she's always just been who she is. She never backed down on what she decided to be and how she decided to be. And, you know, she even says, she's like, when I look in the mirror and I see something, I'm like, mm, that's not Dolly. She changes it. I mean, like, she's talked about that with, like, plastic surgery and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, and I think it's remarkable. She's, like, even though she's going, like, towards her 80s, she still has the looks of, like, Dolly Parton, right? She still has, like... Yeah,
0: she's still Dolly Parton.
1: Dressing like she used to dress wearing makeup like she used to, having her hair done like she used to. So she's really like sticking to her brand.
0: Right, and like the... So there's like Dolly, like the person, and then there's Dolly the brand. And the Dolly the brand is bigger because she knows how much people know Dolly the brand. Not a lot of people know Dolly the person because I mean it's like she's a private person and all that stuff. But there's so many people that are inspired by her brand. So many people like... I mean, like my mom, myself, you know, I I can say like, and my grandma, we had like very different variations of the Dolly brand that we mm-hmm. really identified with, but we identified with her nonetheless. And that's like what she's protecting. Like she understands that the, her authenticity doesn't come from this is who I am and that's it. She's more like authentic in the place of like, hey, I get plastic surgery. I wear these wigs. I wear a ton of makeup. I have this persona that I've adopted. Um, and she's telling you, she's like, and that's not really me. That's a persona. And that's why people love her because she's not She's not saying that that's who she is. She's saying that's a part of me, but that's not all of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's never shied from, you know, telling people the truth about, what she's done or what she hasn't done and um and then also like helping people who have thought the same things of like hey like should i do xyz like with business with you know music i mean she she's always telling you like it is and and i think that's really great and that's like an authenticity that very very few stars still see with the kindness that she does it
1: She's a real superstar.
0: Yeah, she is. I mean, um, if you have, guys have ever watched a movie Steel Magnolias with uh, Julia Roberts and Sally Fields, like, uh, she's in there. She's she plays a hairdresser. She's so funny. <laughs> I, it's like she's so cute. Um, and then like in Hannah Montana, she's like Dolly. Um, she's she's the real life godmother of Miley Cyrus, and she played the same in um hannah montana and it's just like so cool to to see her who she is and you know she's performed all these songs and she's changed i mean she just got um into the rock and roll hall of fame and she just put out a rock album and she's singing with monoskin which is one of my favorite bands oh
1: yeah you told me about that one
0: yeah um thanks to the david beckham documentary so many people are loving uh islands in the stream Mm. which is so fun oh
1: they used the song they used that song and i
0: was like it's so funny because like i heard i used to hear that song with my mom and my dad like when we were like really little um i don't know if rafa was alive then but i remember being young and like my parents listening to to dolly especially my mom and my grandma so like just seeing how timeless dolly is and her music and who she is she's always evolving like she's you know even like when we were talking about so like her country music had inconsistencies but that's because she was like i'm not just gonna stay in one place like i want to have businesses and like you see her um cake mixes and walmart with um <laughs> i think it's Betty crocker mm-hmm. and you see her like with her books and her fashion like her fashion has been incredible and documented and her music and her acting career and um, her owning her own record label and owning her own records, she's she's incredible.
1: Yeah, that's really a lot of accomplishments.
0: Yeah, and, you know, reading everything we did, we were able to witness how Dolly navigated the challenges of the music industry, defied stereotypes, and crafted her unique identity. Her ability to subvert the male gaze, challenged gender norms and maintain agency over her image, is truly inspiring um and in the words of Dolly Parton I'm not offended by dumb blonde jokes because I know that I'm not dumb and I know I'm not blonde it's a reminder that amidst the noise of the world each woman carries her own narrative each woman can pick and craft her unique identity no matter what and live her own truth Dolly's authenticity and unapologetic self-expression serve as a beacon of empowerment. So to all the incredible women out there who are listening or those of you who are not women but have incredible women in your lives, remember that you define your story. Embrace your true self, your unique journey. That's what this podcast is all about, is telling the stories of incredible women in fiction, in history, in every aspect of our life that we get to encounter. There are countless voices telling you that you, what you can and cannot be, but only you know the beauty of your own true story. Thank you so much for joining us on this adventure through the life of Dolly Parton. Until next time, embrace your authenticity, celebrate your uniqueness, And keep shining bright to all you fearless S's.
1: Thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciated it. And we hope you guys have a great start into your week. And as usual, rate us five stars. As you might have seen, we are also on YouTube now.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: don't miss out on that. And if you guys have any suggestions, DM us or send us an email the stories of s's at at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com
0: and at stories of s's on instagram um in the near future we will be on facebook but you can also leave comments on our youtube videos we're more than happy to read those and get those um suggestions in our in our list and that was salem (laughs) thank you
1: guys for joining
0: (laughs) thank you all so much and until next week Bye. Cheers.